0: Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast.
1: Uh, Right now, we've been comparing again for the third or fourth time, I can't remember uh, exactly now, uh, the COVID-19 numbers between Manitoba and North Dakota, our neighbor. Uh, down in north dakota i'm taking a bit of a different angle on the story barry wilford is the president of the grand forks chamber of commerce barry good afternoon
0: hey good afternoon glad to be with you
1: thank you for doing this i know you're on your way to a meeting and driving and i appreciate you taking a few minutes here I, i i really do how much are you guys missing us down there
0: Oh, my gosh, we're missing you a lot. uh, We just don't see the Manitoba license plates and your smiling faces, and uh, it's definitely having an impact on my community.
1: You know, uh, here, obviously, our businesses have been impacted by COVID-19, as I'm sure they have been down there as well, and we'll we'll get into that a little bit. Um, But your uh, members at the Grand Forks Chamber, your business community down there, is so reliant on Winnipeggers and Manitobans uh, visiting. How important is that business to your businesses?
0: You know, for our hospitality industry, particularly the hotels, you know, it's close to 50% of our business. Um, so it's been just a huge, huge issue for our hotel industry. Our restaurants and our retail stores, uh, it varies between 10 and 50% of their businesses from our Canadian friends. So, um, the closure of the border and this whole COVID virus has had a real serious negative impact on our business community. And, uh, we're really looking forward to the vaccine rolling out and, uh, the border reopening and, uh, seeing the Canadian business back in grand forks. That'd be awesome.
1: Well, and it comes this way too, right? We get North Dakotans and and people from Grand Forks and Fargo that come here and visit, and and we're feeling that as well. Maybe not as much as you are missing us, though. Would that be safe to say?
0: I think that's safe to say. I think that more Canadians travel to the States than than U.S. citizens travel up to Winnipeg. Um, But as an example, I think this is the first time in my career here of almost 15 years Um, that it's been a year now since I've been up to Canada, and that's just unheard of um, to not be able to go up to to visit uh, Winnipeg. They have a lot of great things up in Winnipeg. The tourism office does a fantastic job, and uh, definitely missing that opportunity as well.
1: When the border does open and people start getting vaccinated, we get closer to that herd immunity and things get back to something closer to normal. Do you suspect that there will be a bit of a flood across the border to come to your city?
0: I think there's going to be a surge both ways. Um, You know, I know there are a lot of business people here who have been holding off at some in-person meetings up in Canada. And uh, I also expect that people will be anxious to get out and travel. You know, we've had a few live events the last few weeks as a Chamber of Commerce. And it's just kind of refreshing to get in a room, even if it's with 20, 25 people and uh, really have that social interaction again so i think there's some real uh, pent-up demand for that um i think it's going to be open the floodgates um, when things do really open up
1: we uh, just had our public health orders change allowing retail uh, in Winnipeg and, and the rest of Manitoba, except for the north, to go to 25% capacity. And it's been a long couple of months leading up to that. W- what sort of restrictions have been in place down there on business people, your members?
0: You know, we, we had it at our highest point, you know, was 25%, and uh, no more than 10 people gathering in a group. Um, we're now back up to, I believe it's 85% tomorrow. So the number of new cases here the last month, month and a half have really, really dropped off, which is a great thing. Um, So our restrictions are are really, you know, we we still obviously have the mask restriction in Grand Forks and in Fargo, but statewide the mask restriction has been lifted by the governor. But some local jurisdictions have been a little tighter. But the governor actually is opening it back up tomorrow to 85 percent capacity. restaurant and event gatherings and i believe for large events like uh, sporting events and uh, weddings and those kinds of things it's that 75 percent. so we're getting a little closer to normal down here in the states
1: yeah compared to us that's very close to normal uh and listen it's because you down there have had success at, at lowering Uh, The numbers, I think just a couple of months ago, your active cases in North Dakota were at 10,000. You're down at around 1,000 now. And and you were telling me on the phone uh, this morning, Barry, that uh, really, mask mandate or not, uh, most people are wearing a mask down there.
0: Yeah, they really are. I think people understand that we need to be careful. Um, And when you wear a mask, it also helps businesses stay open, and it also improves our likelihood that we're going to be able to continue to move about and do our, at least our normal day-to-day business with a mask on so the mask has really not been an issue in in north dakota there's a handful like there are everywhere but uh, for the most part people have accepted that
1: barry again thanks for your time do me a favor uh w- when you get back to grand forks uh run over and get me a bottle at happy harry's and then go have a meal at paradisio can you do that for me I will be glad to do that. I plan on hitting both here in the next week, so I'm in. All right. Very great chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you. On the phone now, Munther Z, the owner of Food Fair. Munther, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. How, how are you? Good. Thank you for jumping on here uh, for a couple of minutes. Some people, and, and listen, uh, grocery store workers including your workers at your food fairs have been doing a fantastic job i i don't uh, i i have uh and i know you guys are doing delivery now too uh online and and that's primarily how i do it but when i do go out and and i am face to face or mask to mask with somebody at a grocery store i thank them for their service because they really have been on the front lines of this uh what what about your workers what's your opinion on this month or should grocery store workers? maybe be prioritized for the vaccine as well well
2: i think so because we're dealing with a lot of people in the public uh i'm leaving it up to the experts that know more than me to make that decision i know my staff are sort of 50 50 some are going i don't want to be the guinea pig on this uh they're not sure if the vaccine is something they want to take right now um so i mean asking the question of my staff uh they've asked me should I go when it comes? Are you taking it? Uh, I'm even hesitating myself. Uh, I haven't really done my homework on it. But, uh, again, the, the biggest issue we have is staff coming in. They're worried um, that they may get something or pass something on, I mean, on both sides. And the biggest issue we're also having is trying to find people to hire. They're afraid to work due to the amount of uh, people we have in the store. Even though we were limited to 25%, uh, they're is still
1: scared. So you're having a hard time filling jobs that are open at food fair because people go, I don't know if I want to be working in a grocery store dealing with the public every day with COVID-19 in the community. Correct. Hmm, interesting. Like a real hard time, monther? Uh.
2: Well, uh, we've, we put out uh, an ad and we put out a signs around the store and on our billboard outside, now hiring, and we got maybe four applications in about three weeks um and a lot of people are going what am i going to be doing is it during hours after hours am i always behind the shield of the cash register um so they're worried and some people just come in going if it's a night shift where i'm by myself stalking maybe but uh with the public no not right now
1: hmm. and normally you would have no problem filling that position i'll bet eh
2: oh usually i, I could tell you pre covid uh we'd put out help wanted, we'd get uh, more applications than we can actually handle. Hmm.
1: Yeah, and I get it. I, You know, I understand people's concern, right? Uh, and, and that kind of goes to what you were saying and why I wanted to have you on here today, because... Uh, listen, I think you can make an argument why truckers or teachers or, you know, police or fire, why several groups of people or people in certain jobs should be prioritized. The province has decided to go based on age mostly, and so we're having the discussion. Um uh, But I, I understand uh, why, if I worked at food fair or any grocery store, or if I was in retail dealing with the public, yeah, I'm coming in close contact with people. Um, that is a real strong argument for why that person, a grocery store clerk, for example, should be prioritized for the vaccine. I get it.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we're, again, as I said, we're leaving it up to the experts. They, they, they know more than us. So uh, we hope that they're making the right decision. And uh, again, when you're working with the public, you, you sort of have to be here to really understand it. Saying it, talking it is easy, but when you're actually here, uh, dealing with the public day in and day out and uh when it gets a little bit on the busy side and we get to our capacity you could say uh and it looks kind of busy people are doing their best keeping their distances but uh, staff get worried i mean they stay in their position they're constantly uh washing hands sanitizing wiping down uh it's a bit of work but uh for the staff that i have right now who have been here since uh, start of covid uh i've been blessed Let's put it that way. I've been blessed to have the team that I have.
1: Mm-hmm. By the way, I just got an email from Tammy, and she says, "I want that job." Please tell Munther I'll call him. So uh, <laughs> I will. I will send you Tammy's contact info, and you can reach out to her if that position is is still available, Munther. I'm curious to know now. No more. Uh, non essential items, everything is for sale. Has that changed your business at all? And now, with more people out because other retail can open to 25% capacity, are you seeing more people out and about? And is that affecting your business at Food Fair?
2: Well, actually, um, with them opening everything up retail wise, it's kind of calmed things down here at the store because a lot of people are out at uh, malls or closed stores or whatever. So it's calmed things a little bit down in the store. Um, But again, I mean, we're sort of feeling back to normal yesterday, today. But when they opened up last week, uh, Saturday, Sunday, uh, were nice, quiet days. Uh, It was almost like a thank God. I mean, we weren't pushed. We didn't have to worry about capacity. Uh, It was sort of nice to be slow for a little bit. (laughs)
1: hmm So maybe before when there weren't as many options, if people wanted to get out and do a bit of shopping, they would go to a food fair or another grocery store that was open with essential items, whereas now there are more options, and so maybe there's not as much crowding at a food fair or a grocery store.
2: Yeah, I mean, that is, but the, again, people are still staying close to home. They are supporting local, which is nice. We appreciate that. We thank them for it. And uh, But again, uh, it's like I said, it is hard right now. I'm talking to you right now. I'm in a corner uh, of the store away from the public so I can remove my mask so I can talk clearer. Um, and that's sort of the, the struggle is uh, when you're working in the back with your mask off and all of a sudden you get called out to the front. Uh, sometimes you forget to put that mask on and you've got to rip it up right away. And so, yeah, it's, like I said, it's challenging every day. And once these vaccines go out, uh, hopefully things, life will go back to normal.
1: Mm -hmm. final question question. Uh, sure Uh, i'll let you get back to work one more question i i know that very prominently now on your website you talk about ordering online and delivery i imagine you always did a bit of that i'm sure you're doing more of it now do you think that's something that will be a bigger part of your business going forward even after everybody gets vaccinated
2: yes uh delivery service people have seen the advantages to delivery service uh they're getting what they want uh they're getting the service the quality the selection uh summertime i could see it slowing down but definitely fall and winter and early spring i think deliveries will be a big thing summertime i could see it slowing down a bit
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i think many industries are going to see changes uh, that we've had to make during the pandemic that will will stick around long term munther i appreciate your time thank you
2: all the best take care
1: now on the phone for her regular Thursday visit, Carolyn Klassen from Conexus Counseling. Hello, Carolyn. Hey, Hal. How, how are you doing? Good. Thank you for... Uh... For doing this again we always look forward to uh, get, or i know i do and i know many listeners look forward to having a, a chat here with you hey so we're talking about um this uh the province's vaccine priority list uh, which came out yesterday it's primarily going by age and so now we're discussing you know are there groups of people out there maybe based on profession uh, who should be prioritized for the vaccine. And uh, getting a lot of text messages, a lot of email, uh, a couple of guests on the show today, a lot of discussion around this. What do you think?
3: Well, I think that there are two extreme reactions to the vaccine. One is that vaccine hesitancy where people are saying, I don't trust it, I don't want to get it. And the others are saying, "Um, watch my elbows, let me get to the front of the line. Because we know that when you get the vaccine there's a high rate of protection for the people that receive it and i think there's a really good argument for a whole lot of people getting it and the challenge is what to do when there's a whole lot of people who deserve it and not nearly enough to fill the supply and you're having to figure out who to disappoint and those are hard hard decisions
1: i here's what i find really interesting and and i've noticed this a lot during the pandemic there are uh, people out there who go, hey, hey, waving their arms, what about me? I want the vaccine, here's why I deserve it. And then there are other people that just hunker down and they're fine to wait their turn. I guess that's a difference in personalities, eh? Is is that what it is?
3: Well, I think it has to do with sort of an awareness of, like, are within our say, like everyone himself, and let me get to the front of the line. That's a part of us where we just really say, what do I have to do so I can get the biggest piece, or that I can get there first. There's a lot, a whole lot, you see toddlers, right, and sort of the idea of wait your turn is really hard concept for people to get, and it requires sort of this groundedness to say, it makes sense to wait my turn, and we actually all get along better if I don't just push myself to the front of the line, and that whole idea of you know, on ships where women and children first, sometimes that meant that as you offered a spot to somebody on the lifeboat, you didn't get one. Um, but when we take care of those in our culture that are more vulnerable and we look to support those people, we know that overall, as a community we get along better and so the challenge for those of us like I am uh, you know I guess middle age. I don't feel that but you know healthy I have no underlying health conditions I'm pretty far to the back of the line which means that I will have to wait and so people like me we've got to figure out how to ground ourselves and to say it's better to allow all those people at higher risk to be in front of us and we just have to be patient that's not easy but I do believe it's important
1: Mm -hmm. uh it is uh fun at work day today and i thought all right i'm going to mention this to carolyn uh like many of us i'm working from home many of us are working from home Uh, many people want to be working and aren't they've lost their job or Uh. or they've been furloughed it's kind of cruel isn't it fun at work day Uh, uh, and i guess my question is how do we if we're working maybe remotely like as i am how do we have fun at work on this fun at work day
3: Well, I think it's a lot of us, some of us have guilt that we have work at all because many people don't or their work is dwindling and they're not sure how they're going to make it through. Like, this is a really hard time in terms of employment for so many people. But I do think it's important for those of us that have employment to figure out how to have fun at work. I think we know that when we are having fun at work, we produce better. We are more effective and more productive when we are enjoying our work. And so it's important for those that are managers to figure out how to make fun moments and if you are a staff person, how to make your manager's life fun. Do you send off a joke? Do you wear funny ears or a stupid hat on a video conference call? How do you create fun? Because I think... That when we are able to support each other and create these moments of whimsy, it lightens our spirit, lightens the load, and it makes this world a better place. And in a world where so many are struggling, anything we can do to create fun for ourselves and others will be infectious. And I think we make it through this time hour by hour. And so when you can find a way to make something fun, it can only be a good thing.
1: And I think that's why the Bernie Sanders memes became so popular. (laughs) I do. I think that's why that thing just took off, and it was every, like, now it annoys the hell out of me. I'll be honest with you. Now I'm like, okay, you're about a week and a half late to the party here, okay? I've seen enough of these, and there are way better ones than the one you just put online. But I think that's why those took off, because people are like, you know, they want to be, They want to be playful or or pull a practical joke or tell a joke, and they were able to do that online with these Bernie memes.
3: Wasn't that fun, how it just kind of caught fire and went, and it spurred on people's creativity, and each one was better than the last, um, and it created some fun for at work and just in general, and I think we need to find ways of creating infectious fun, and that's a really good example.
1: Yes, but stop now. No more Bernie Mays, please. It's
3: itself out, yes. Yeah.
1: It's done. It's over. You're late. It's too late. Don't even try. I don't want to see Bernie sitting next to you. And Yeah, it's over. It's done. Um, it, I thought this was kind of interesting, and I thought I'd get your thoughts on this. Uh, British researchers, a new study, uh, and they looked at 6,600 people in 114 countries. Uh, bottom line here is that people are more likely to social distance If friends and family do it and I would imagine it's the other way if family and friends don't social distance don't wear a mask uh, don't follow some of the precautions that are suggested and recommended that maybe you're less likely to do that it's just funny to me how others influence what we do so strongly
3: absolutely Uh, you know that I talk all the time about how we are wired for connection and I think we tend to underestimate the influence that we have by how we live our lives. And that if we can be the trendsetters by social distancing, then people in our lives, without us preaching about it, if, as we just practice it, people pick up that this is how to live and this is what people do there 's a study that is we call it the framingham heart study it 's done with thousands of people um, and it 's followed people for generations and It has looked at a whole bunch of factors, not only but cardiac health but health in general and What they found was was that you had an astronomically higher chance of being obese if you had obese friends and as you had slimmer more active friends this wasn't about eating with them or exercising them this is about having them in your sphere that people pick up on exercise habits and eating habits just by who they hang out with and I would think that's no difference for social distance habits and if you're the trendsetter, if you model how to do things like social distancing you don't have to talk about it or convince people you just live it people will follow, and they will get the idea that this is who you are and this is who I will be when I'm with you in quite a beautiful way.
1: I want to make sure we have time for everything here today. I've got several things I want to ask you about. Uh, Confident kids, I was reading an article about how to raise confident kids, and they did a poll, and uh, I think it was uh, 54%. Most people said, just let them do things on their own. Um, How do we raise our kids to be confident?
3: Well, I I love that idea that you raise confident kids by allowing kids to do things on their own. And the secret with that is what I would call the, quote-unquote, just right challenge. That we give kids something, the ability to do something that is just beyond their current ability and we let them struggle with it. Not way beyond their ability where we set them up to fail, but we trust them to work hard at something and trust that the struggle to be able to figure out how did they do it themselves gives them that sense of confidence and competence. And we all like that feeling. That's a challenge these days because there's this parent culture out there that doesn't want our kids to speak badly of us as other people. We want our kids to think that we're great parents. And so the tendency is to overfunction for our kids and to drive them to their friend's house rather than let them walk a couple of blocks in the cold all those sorts of things where we want to be able to show that we're good parents, which can lead to us doing too much for them. And the challenge is to pull back, even if they complain about us, because we know that look in their eyes when they've done something that's really hard and they did it and they look at you and they're so proud of themselves. We want to give kids that look.
1: As you know, Carolyn, I'm not a parent and maybe it's a good thing because if I wanted to raise a confident kid, I would just put lots of Red Bull in their lunchbox. That's what I would do. (laughs) uh probably 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 not the best approach uh i love this rapid fire we're getting to everything here and we're going to have time for this i I love this bang 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 uh knocking off a bunch of stuff that's on my mind here with you um haircuts i talked to arlene weirha at, at tommy guns the other day they were overwhelmed on saturday i mean they were able to do it safely and take care of everybody but their app was overwhelmed by people wanting to get their hair cut why was that such? It's such a little thing, but yet it's such a big deal to so many people when the restrictions were loosened.
3: Well, I got to go yesterday. Um, my hairstylist has been booking appointments, and he just keeps bumping them back two weeks until we could go. Uh, so I was able to be there yesterday. All the precautions, but even with wearing masks, there was something about it that felt so normal. And also, I'm doing a webinar in an hour, and I don't have gray roots that I have to trigger, figure out how to hide. I don't have split ends. When you look good, you feel good, and you give a certain image to this is who I am. Um, and we love that look. And so to be crisp and tidy on our head and have it looking like how we want it to, it helps us feel better on the inside. I think it's awesome that we get to go as long as uh, people are able to do it safely, and it sounds like yeah. they are.
1: Mm-hmm. do it safely yeah and i get it you know it, it and, and we've been saying this a lot especially during the pandemic the little things matter
0: yeah and i just
1: think it's it's really mattering to people that uh, you know they're able to get their haircuts and as you say when we we look good or we think we look good we feel good we don't always look good but we think we look good and then and then we feel good you wanted to talk about hangry we'll end on this
3: yes that whole idea of combining two words hungry and angry we get it and i have come up with a word that combines despondent and pandemic so that we're despondemic and i would love us to be able to come up with that word or another word that describes this feeling of how hard it is how blue we feel how difficult it is and stressed we are during this time of this pandemic so that we can give ourselves permission to have a time where we're feeling especially despondemic or we see somebody else and we can extend grace or compassion To others or ourselves when we're in a mood that is just hard because of the pandemic and I think as we're able to realize this feeling of this pandemic and we feel like oh I just can't do this job anymore we can pull back and say maybe it's just because I'm feeling really not good about myself or about life because of this pandemic and we can put off making permanent decisions about temporary situations because of this pandemic
1: desk pandemic i like it get it online carolyn lay claim to it uh because you you know it it beats the heck out of pivot and all these other words that have become (laughs) a, a part of our life desk pandemic i like it carolyn Klassen, thank you so much i really appreciate it take care ConnexusCounseling.ca, you can also find Carolyn and Connexus Counseling all over social media. By the way, if you want to give me a follow on Twitter at Hal Anderson, I'll follow you back. Uh, Hal Anderson and Hal Anderson Productions on Facebook and on Instagram, it's HalAnderson34.